Welcome to the Two Geeks in a Microphone podcast, your one-stop shop for television, movie, video games, comic books, book reviews, and more. Now, without further ado, here's Stephen and Mike. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Two Geeks and a Microphone podcast slash show. We are so glad that you are joining us today. I am your co-host, Mr. Stephen Boster, along with my illustrious co-host, Mr. Michael Shanks. Mike, say hey to everybody. Good morning to all you geeks out there in geekdom land. (laughs) All right. Speaking of geekdom, we are doing an exciting crossover event with the podcast Nerdery and Murdery. So we've got uh, Jeffrey and Ziggy here with us. Zig, you guys say hey to everybody for us. Hey to yeah. all you geeks and nerds and merds out there. Uh, I do have to say it's pretty sad watching uh, four 50-year-old guys going, oh, no, 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 <laughs> Well, good morning to you guys, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. It's good to yeah. be here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll say this. Um, hey, everybody, this is actually part two. Mm-hmm. So um, so today, uh, this is going out Friday uh, the 4th, and um, may the 4th be with you. No, wait. Uh, no, that's February. That's we're not close. there yet, dude. No, no, but we do have a special Star Wars podcast day uh, coming up, special edition coming up soon. But nice. part two, part one is on the Nerdery and Murdery podcast that released just this past Wednesday, just a couple of days ago. So please look look them up when you do a search in E-R-D-E-R-Y. And Murdery, M-U-R-D-E-R-Y. So Nerdery and Murdery. You can also check them out at nerderyandmurdery.com, right? That's the website. Yep. Yes. Um, just like we have twogeeksmike.com is our hub, nerderyandmurdery.com, that's their hub. So you can <coughs> you can get their merch there. You can get their podcast. Now, check this out. There's also extra stuff they do on their on their website, like information data all this cool stuff uh, you know pictures and all just to supplement i mean just the supplements on the website are just awesome uh, of all the stories and everything that they have um, going on so i want to encourage you guys to check that out first because that's part one this is part two so nerdery part we talked about the tv show firefly um and that's the nerdy part then the murdery part is I just can't get into it. The, um, it's, so it's it's the North Fox Island and the Oakland Children Murders Conspiracy. Yes. Now, heads up. I, I'm I know Jeff is going to do this when we get to that section. So we'll do the first half. We're going to talk about the movie Serenity off the series Firefly. But then we're getting part two of the murdery section. Now, just just so you know, and Jeff's going to do this uh, again when we come up, there is going to be a cautionary mark on this. This is why everybody yeah. <laughs> you see on our podcast, there's normally not a little E, but there's a little E for this one <laughs> for explicit. Um, <laughs> we're going to have some colorful metaphors that we're going to be saying, I'm sure. And um, But with that, the content of the murdery part is adult. So if you're a little squeamish and stuff will 
we'll give you a heads up when we move into that section um, because it, although it's very interesting, it is yes. adult natured content. So I do know we have some young listeners out there and I'll have to say, hey, at that part, you guys will need to say adios or talk to your parents <laughs> if it's okay for you to listen to this section. All Not right. About. That's yeah. a good clarification. Well, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt that Jeffrey and I are kind of foul mouth too. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're not foul mouth. You are just a very wonderfully use of colorful metaphors. That's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. I want to let everybody know we had a fabulous time doing <laughs> part one. So thanks, you guys. Yes. Thank you for having um, us. Thanks. On. Oh man, and we're so glad to have you guys with us too. A blast. Um, I love your podcast. Ever since you guys introduced yourselves and been listening to the podcast, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed the the half the nerdy zig. You do a great job with all the details and Thank stuff. You. And then Jeff, as I said in the in in part one, you're just your storytelling with the murder mysteries and the murder stories and and uh, the true crime stories are really good. Well, and it's funny, and we've got listeners who can listen to one and not the other. I mean, I've got people <laughs> that are like, man, I really love listening to Zig's nerdery stuff, but I just can't listen to your murder. It gets too dark. <laughs> I, I mean, all the all the time I hear, man, I love that murdery bit, but uh, your stuff's kind of dull. <laughs> oh, I don't think it's like, so. That's hey, funny. just keep listening. I don't. You know, I, right? I I don't think your stuff's dull at all, Zing. But you you cover a lot of stuff that we covered on our show. So <laughs> yeah. So from from two geeks to nerdery murder guys, you guys are awesome. Yes, our thanks. audience, please listen to them because. It is good stuff, and you're going to hear in in this time that we have together. We're just going to hoop and holler and laugh it up. I think we found some kinsmen, you know, uh, in our nerdery geekdom yeah. world, and uh, we we're just having a blast, yeah. having a blast. And we're so thankful. I know, Mike, you like to call this the what coffee table? The uh, the virtual coffee table. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so um, we are actually doing a virtual coffee table and having a great time. So. All right. You guys well, have your drinks just in case. Well, I do have my drinks. drinks. I'm actually doing uh, disappointment water. Nice. <laughs> uh, Croy, as Mike would call it. Yes, that is disappointment eats. water because every time I drink it, I, I am disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm drinking Zevia right now. So Yeah. And there are certain phrases that we may use and say that will end up being, oh, it's time to drink. <laughs> yeah. You'll hear us say, that's much more better. Oh, time to drink. <laughs> I love y'all got your koozies. We've both got our different uh, nerdery murdery cups. I've got mine. Zig's got our our newest one. We got at Christmas time. So nice. I like that one. Nice. How, how many ounces is that? 30, 30 or thirty two. Really? Yeah. This is my third coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! What amazes me, Zig, is you're drinking coffee with, through a straw. Are you drinking cold coffee or hot? No, no, it's it's hot. I just I don't want to bump the mic. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Nice. All right. All right. Well, here we go. We're starting with our nerdery portion. So um, we are discussing um, we the part one. We discussed the TV series uh, Firefly. We talked about details. Zig did a great job of bringing out some details. Directed um, by Joss Whedon. Joss. Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. That was my <laughs> learning. I w- have always said Josh, and that's bad on my part. I do apologize, Mr. Whedon. Josh. You know, Stephen, I think you and I have talked about Joss Whedon in the past, and I think you've said Josh, and I think I've tried to correct you, and it just 
went over your head, so I just said, forget it. <laughs> so you're saying I don't listen to you? Yeah, I'm saying you're a lost cause, that's all. Wait, what did you say? Uh-huh. No, I just... <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> all right, well, okay, so we're talking about uh, Serenity, uh, the film, the and um, just, this film should not have been made, from my <laughs> understanding. Um, well, no, it, uh, it it really wasn't supposed to be made. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it was a huge that. outcry yes. from fans. Yes, let me rephrase that. That sounded like I didn't like the movie. I love the movie. That because it was a canceled TV series to become a movie is unheard of. Absolutely right. And um, and uh, it, and so we get the fan outcry. I was a fan. I was part of that outcry. Um, love the show and like, well, what happened? You just canceled the show. And if you missed part one, uh, Zig, what did you say about the, or, or Jeff, one of you guys had made mention about why it was set up for failure at the beginning. Fox. Yeah. Fox was the reason because Fox number one showed the episodes out of order. Yes. It was um, it, they decided that the first episode needed to more needed more action. So they started off with train job instead of serenity, which they should have. And then they didn't have a consistent night They have it on Friday, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. not enough action. It opens on a battle. Yeah. Right. How is exactly. that not enough action? <laughs> right. Right. I agree. Totally. Although the, the train heist is, you know, that's a great episode. It is. Oh, yeah. And there's tons of action in it. But there's I, not a there's not a single episode that I don't like. Yeah, oh, I agree. I agree. Every episode I enjoyed. Uh, I will tell you that Zig and I both uh, we saw Serenity the movie um, at the drive-in. Yes, we did. Oh, that was cool. At, that was at the Granberry Drive-in. That was awesome. So, do you guys still have a drive-in to to this day? Oh yeah, we've got and, a huge one in downtown Fort Worth. Nice. Yeah. See, we and have just built it. We have a drive-in in Belleville. Uh, it's called Skyview, and they have two screens. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to go every a uh, couple times every summer. So, yeah, I love going to drive-in. It's fun. Yeah. Good time. <clears throat> yeah, we don't have a drive-in up here in uh, good old Montana. <laughs> well, not here in the Bozeman area. There's not one. Right, so. <laughs> right. Bozeman, Montana. Huh. Yep. Huh. Yep. I used to live in Fort Worth, by the way, when I was a kid. Did uh, you really? Whereabouts? Yeah, when I was eight, seven or eight, we moved out there. My dad went to seminary there at uh, Southwestern. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. And all. So, yeah, and we lived there for three years. And then I want to say we moved to Odessa. No, we moved to Lubbock. Was there, we're there for oh, two, three years. And then I we moved so to sorry. Odessa. Yeah. And then Odessa, you know, you know how it is. You can go out in the sandstorm and smile. And you don't have to go get your teeth polished for six oh, months. Oh, no. I. <laughs> I actually just stayed in the Midland Odessa area when I came back from uh, Phoenix and Vegas. And I remember getting out of the car going, what is that smell? (laughs) Midland. Yes. Dallas Cowboys is my favorite football team. Does that count? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. They are the uh, favored stink around here currently. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, see, I'm football, up here right? from Kansas City. The football. So I'm yes. all about the Chiefs right now. Uh, hush. All right. All right. Anyway. Anyway. I'm sorry. Coming back around. My bad. My bad. Um, so um, Serenity. Serenity, the film, the movie. Um, obviously, a TV series that did not get its just due. A huge fan base that cried out, hey, we want this film. And, uh, and so we get Serenity, 
which um, if we had to give it, Mike and I like to give movie reviews and we give it four out of five or three out of five, something, you know, things. So uh, what if just to give our overall movie review of it, uh, what, what Mike, what would you give it? Uh, I would give it four out of five fireflies. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Four out of four five out of fireflies. Five. I would agree uh, with that. Yeah, I'd agree. It gets one just for the Fruity Odie Bar song. <laughs> the Fruity yes. Odie right Bar there. song, that's right. <laughs> Fruity Odie Bar. <laughs> Maybe we should have opened up singing the Fruity Odie Bar song. <laughs> Fruity Odie Bar song. <laughs> if you would uh, like to hear us sing in our episode, we yeah. did open with the theme song as sung by all of us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Can't say it was great on our part, but my part. <laughs> now, hey, hey, Stephen, I, you know, in between recording these episodes, I was thinking there was a time you and I did sing together um, back when we were teens at, at uh, First Baptist Church. Yeah, and if, if, yeah. if you remember, there was a time where you and I were walking into the church and we were both singing It Is Finished by Petra. Petra's a classic mm-hmm. uh, yep. um, Christian rock band. Christian rock band, yep. And it is finished. It is finished. Yep. All anyway, right, you and I were walking in singing that, and Joni Leiniger heard us and said, uh, you guys need to join the choir. <laughs> yeah, and then we got snookered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, so, same thing I, happened to me. I was on a karaoke on a on a New Year's Eve where we live, and I got a fan club, and they're like, "You need to join the choir." <laughs> you were like, "No <laughs> thanks." No, I joined. Yeah, I joined. Uh, well, I was God. in the I was in the youth choir for a while, um, and uh, I remember my mom came and seen us perform, and uh, when we were practicing the song. Uh, Joni was like, hey, you guys need to move a little bit. And, and this is a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after it was over, my mom looked at me and she goes, I don't believe it. You were dancing in a Baptist church. That's not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Fun well, memories. Uh, yes. The whole thing about singing. Yes. Please catch our attempted singing at uh, the first part of Nerder Murders podcast. Um, all right, so Serenity, four out of five. I would say four out of five. What I liked most about this movie um, was we got the culmination of River Tam's story, why she was, uh, I don't want to say crazy, but perceived crazy. Yes. She was the weapon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a reader. And a reader. So she was she was super smart. She was a reader. And they kind of talk about that a little bit in the TV series mm-hmm. that she's probably a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I finally, you know, to get, you know, I, I thought it ended kind of weird. Like all of a sudden the 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 big reveal comes out. She throws up and she's like, I feel better. <laughs> I'm OK I, now. I'm good now. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> We're all fine here. How are you? <laughs> We're all right. fine. How are you? <laughs> what about you guys? What did you guys like best about the movie? What was the the movie that um, that you really enjoyed? I I like the interaction and the conflict between the characters. I mean, you really, especially between Jane and everybody <laughs> right um, <laughs> so true. you know it, and and just really showing 
how much of a family they are. You get the, yeah. you know, Mal just really going on the offensive because of what happened at Shepherd Books Planet. Um, you, you just really get a sense that they are a crew, and mm-hmm. and and the crew and and the word crew in the Firefly universe is strong. It is you yeah. are family. You are ours. Well stated. Mm-hmm. And you know uh, the the tension between Mal and Jane is is great. I, I love it. And that you even get that little uh, scene with Jane where he's remembering back to when Mal almost threw him off the ship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love it. It was it was good. Well, and Jane and Jane feels guilt. For that too i i do love that you see yeah. that in the film a little more right you do see it in the film yeah now Zeke, do you know how much how long do you happen to know how long like from the series to the film what that span of time is supposed to be uh yes it's supposed to be right at a year uh actual time was i believe three years because the mm-hmm. film was released in 2005 and the series is over in 2001 yeah okay 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 all right, so so it was a year time span. So yes. what we we talked briefly about the first one, where you know one of the stories that I I really there's a lot of stuff that I was like, oh no, what happened? And one of that was with Anara. She said she was going to leave, and then of course the movie picks up and she is at her own house or she's right. somewhere, um, right? Kind of a thing. And so I, I was curious about what that time span was supposed to be. Yeah, because not only is she gone, but Shepherd Book has left the has left the boat as well. Right now, in all fairness, I was really hoping we'd find out who Shepherd Book really was. I know movie. that's one of those threads that they didn't. You know, I wish yes. they would have closed that up. I need to uh, link up the ISDN for the 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 graphic novel because there is a graphic novel that gives you his story from it beginning. does. Um, I did. I looked it up on Amazon. I put it to my list because I thought, oh, maybe I could get it digitally. Uh-uh. Nope. You can't. Oh, really? No, it's right. a, it's a you have comic. to order it. Yeah. And uh, it ain't cheap. Nope. <laughs> it ain't cheap. IDW, I believe, is the one that produced them. Okay. That, oh, okay. that makes sense. IDW. Yeah. IDW did a lot of uh, uh, other franchises, too. They've had Doctor Who. They've had Battlestar Galactica. Um, I think for a short time they had Star Wars, too. Um, not like the full license or anything, but they, yeah. they could do certain things with star Wars. So yeah, that makes sense that IDW would handle that. Now I love the character shepherd book, but, um, Zig, you, you had a, uh, a theory or, or Jeff, one of you guys said, and I, I think it bears repeating cause I really want to repeat this. Who was, who do you think shepherd book was? Oh I, yeah. We, yeah. We both feel that he was an operative. Yeah. Yeah, and so this film really shows you who an operative is. Mm-hmm. Yes, and all right, Zig, you, there it is. Say his name again. I know you've been Chitwell Edgefor. Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> I had to look it up. <laughs> we, I think I've got it. I, I might be wrong. If he's listening, now, he was, let us know. Now he was he was the same actor. What Twelve Years a Slave, right? Yes. I think he was the same actor in that. Yes. He was yeah. also in Four Brothers as the bad guy. Yeah. And he's he's also um Mordo Mord, Mordo Mordo in Doctor Strange. <gasps> that's oh, wow. right. He is. That's right. Oh, cool. And, and I can't wait for the next Doctor Strange movie. Oh gosh, yes. In there. 
Oh, yes. And I think he's a great actor. And I loved him in Serenity. I absolutely too. loved him in Serenity. So, so before, we, before we tail off way bad, I'm going to go ahead and ask. You have watched What If, right? I have I, not. I've you, only watched a few of them. You have to watch it before Doctor Strange 2. Oh, okay. I did. Yeah, I did watch the Doctor Strange one. That was okay. a good. That was a good one. Yes. I like that one. Okay, I, I will. I, I have a neighbor friend. I go when we work out together, and um, he's been after me about watching. He's like, "You haven't watched What If yet?" Like, no. It's going to be very important that you watch that before too. Uh, yeah. Okay. I agree, Steve. Right. They're right. right. Yeah, They're right. It's really good. I, okay, I will. Some of them were hit or miss for me, uh, but Agreed. the Doctor Strange one was spot on. Do I just need to make sure I watch the Doctor Strange episode? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. I want limited time here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we watch so much (laughs) and and we got homework to do for other episodes, too. Right. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, we got a hush episode coming up that we got to do homework for. So, (laughs) right. Batman hush. Batman Um, hush. Okay. So, um, with. Uh, So we were talking about operatives. So we see an operative in action. And what did you think about that character within this firefight room? Because technically, I I may be an honorable man, but I am not a moron. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) My favorite line in the whole show. That that character is great because he is so cold and calculating. Um, He, you know, it's, it's the whole thing. Captain Malcolm, you cannot anger me. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and right. he's just, he's a great character and it's great because we saw operatives in the television series, but we didn't understand just what an operative was until we saw this. Well, now we got mm-hmm. the the guy in the last episode of Firefly, which I thought was fantastic. Jubal. Yeah. But he was a bounty hunter. Oh, that's he true. Yeah. He hunter. was a bounty hunter. That's right. Yeah. I loved it. Are you a bounty hunter? No, I'm not. He goes, I'm not, uh, no, he goes, I'm a bounty hunter. <laughs> it's like, is he hard of hearing? <laughs> he was just nuts. <clears throat> right. So what, now who are they in this? Are you talking about the, the, the hands of blue were operatives? Two by two. Yes. Two. yes. Two by two. Okay. Yeah. Okay, those I are see. supposed to be operatives. Okay. All right. So, so that's who you think that Booker actually is. Or, yes. Or book. Shepard book. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I think so I think he was Booker. an operative. Wow, that's a that's a callback. Do what? Yeah, I said Booker. Wow, that's a callback. <laughs> I just watched that series recently. Oh my gosh! Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, we're gonna be doing a a Twenty One Jump Street Booker episode. By the way, Jeffrey, <laughs> I'm all over that. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so as an operative, if Shepherd Book was an operative. That gives credence to why everybody, you know, he was no, so knowledgeable about everything in the TV series. He was so knowledgeable about crime. He was so knowledgeable about guns. He was no, about the how the cops, you know, how the, you know, hey, there's a station there. You didn't call into them. You know, mm-hmm. that was the, you know, um, the. I, I it was I, I guess it was I was so disappointed that in the film that was we didn't get his stories because it was like right. I thought they were about to do it when they were visiting on the planet they're you know kind of retreating with book um Shepherd and um and with Shepherd they he says someday you're gonna have to tell me the story and he and I'm like oh we're gonna get it we're gonna get it and he goes no I don't no I don't no. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
Well, and there's there there's other stories that you still don't get from the movie as well, and that's really Inara's story on exactly why she was leaving Firefly because she was dying. Oh, you know? I didn't yes. get that. <laughs> she was dying. I didn't realize what? that. Where did? Oh, is that in one of the? That's in Brown Coach Unite. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, what? I meant okay. to. I, I was not aware of that documentary, and you mentioned it in, in part one. Yep. And um, I'm excited to. Yeah, you see a lot of you see a lot of Jane hats in that too. So. Oh yeah. Oh. If you like Jane hats. <laughs> yeah, we we would have found out that uh, that she was dying. Um, Wash and Zoe would have gone through uh, having a child. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, there's a whole bunch of storylines that they had on tap that they just had to shelf. Yeah. Cause they did open up the idea of, of the two of them having a kid in yep. one of the episodes. So, yep. wow, man, there's so much we could have got out of this. And yeah, that's so disappointing. What's, what's really sad is that if the show had been on now, uh, given the numbers that it had, it would have got four or five seasons because you sure. know, the, oh, the, the pie is so much smaller now. Sure. Um, definitely. You know, I hate to say it's a zero sum game, but with television audiences, that's kind of what you get. Mm-hmm. You think that you think that's what they're banking on for the reboot? Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. That you don't have to have the type of numbers that you had needed to have twenty years ago, right? Isn't that interesting? You don't have to have the numbers now that you had twenty years no. ago. Mm-mm. Well, I like like the original Star Trek. The original Star Trek would have got ten seasons. Yeah, with with the numbers that it had, sure, easily. Huh. Wow. Well, I guess we'll count our blessings. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, so the, uh, huh, I'm going to be stuck on that for a minute or two with, the, with <laughs> the seasons and stuff. But now with the film, though, I loved how they brought it all together, how we find out where the Reavers came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the big reveal of the whole story was the big reveal that the Alliance tried to put in a, uh, I guess when they were terraforming the planet or in the oxygen supply or something, they put the in, PAX. what was it called? The, the PAX. PAX. I think it was like Paxol Method A 295, something like that. Well, not only that, that's the first time you saw the Reavers mm-hmm. was in the movie. That's right. And, you didn't ever actually saw them. A lot what? of people don't realize that. A lot of people think, no, we saw them in the TV series. Ooh. You saw a ship. Yeah. And that's it. You saw yeah. them when he shot the guy for the mercy killing. You see them from a distance because they had grabbed the guy. They had grabbed the guy. Um, this oh, which episode was this? My brains. They they had just they had taken <laughs> River to do her first job. That's where they the, went. That's the movie. That's mm-hmm. the movie. That's yeah. the movie. Yep. That's the movie. See, that it's all running movie. together now. Yep. And I just watched them. I mean, I watched. Uh, I watched Firefly a couple weeks ago. I watched all of that in about a week span or so. And yeah, I thought there were some scenes that we saw them in. Um, I, I know I re- you never got a good look at them. Yeah, I remember thinking the exact same thing and having this conversation with another one of our friends. And he said, nope, the movie is the first time you actually see the, re- the Reavers. Yeah, well, yeah. unless you count the guy in Bushwhacked. Right, right. But but even then, it just kind of cut himself up, or you know, it wasn't yeah. like how you see the Reavers in the movie. Yeah. Right. Whoa, because I guess that was going to be another storyline that eventually you would meet up with them mm-hmm. in the TV series. Mm-hmm. And throughout the TV series, the government's trying to hide them and say yes. that they don't right. exist. 
and when we know they do because they they encounter they have encounters with them mm-hmm. uh-huh so they just keep they just keep uh sweeping it under the rug right exactly because they don't want anybody to know the big secret that's why they're after river because she has the secret she has the secret yep exactly right. I was excited we got to see the breakout scene where he Oh yeah. The very beginning. And then oh, to see yeah, that yeah, it was yeah. a hologram that the operative was watching, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and then when then right after that, when he has the guy who's like, You had a telepath in the in the room with huh. high members of parliament, you know, you know what your sin is? I was like, Whoa <laughs> Sin of Pride. <laughs> Yeah, and he falls, has him fall on his sword. I was like, "What?" Well, I like when Mal goes. Uh, uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of all seven. <laughs> oh, right. you know what your sin is. I'm a oh, fan no, of all I'm seven. A fan of all seven. <laughs> but right now, I'm going to go with wrath. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and and you, you touch on the operative again. I mean, that's just some of the things where he is just so cool in 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 just you know in the things he does when he just very calmly tells Mal. When your when your quarry when your quarry when your quarry goes to ground, leave them no ground to go to. Yeah, man, it's he is one of my top five villains of all time. Yeah, he's great. It's just yeah. cold calculate, and he knows. He says, "I'm a monster." Yeah, you know, he knows. He yes, is. there's yes. there'll be no place for me in this brave new world. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and he's like, and and there's no place for you either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. I liked him. He, he just kind of told it as it is, you know. Yeah, he he wasn't screwing around at all. Yeah. Absolute guys, candor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the one of the themes about that show with the operative that I thought it even was a theme for the show because Shepard Book also was telling Mal this. What do you believe? It was an incredible. You know, I don't care what you believe. He goes believe, believe. it. Yeah, believe. Yeah, just believe something. And, and that's what you saw with the operative and even how book shepherd was talking about the operative. He has belief, you know? Well, and I don't, I don't remember if, if we, if we talked about it here or if it was in, in the first part, but something shepherd book says, which keys you to how important the word crew is, is when, as he's dying, shepherd book, Oh, spoiler shepherd book says, you know, you you can't you can't order me, boy. I, I I'm not part of your crew. And Mal says, "Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's just how powerful that word is in the universe. Crew is everything. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and you could see in Mal uh, how much that he did consider uh, book part of the crew. You know, mm-hmm. just the fact that he was trying to save him, and and he was very adamant about getting otherwise. Mal wouldn't care, you know, right. but Mal, this is part of my crew. I have to save this man. Unlike the guy that was trying to get onto the the ship heading back to Serenity uh, when they were being attacked by the Reavers and everything, and he shot mm-hmm. him to get mm-hmm. him off the ship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, if if you are a part of, your, part of Mal's crew, he's taking care of you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you, and you know, and you really get to see the depths of Mal at that point, because once he feels his crew is threatened, he's ready to go to war. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I liked how Mal said, if if you want to see me different, let's go there. Yeah. 
Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever saw the the war side of Mal, really. I mean, other than, you know, the glimpse we get in the, the pilot episode mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, uh, and. Oh, the and one the where the. Of- yeah, Homecoming. Yeah, that was. That uh, the was message. It. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yep, it. The message. Yep. The message was good. I Well, I. I uh, the. I guess the episode that we saw that showed probably the truest dark, how dark he could go. That was the one where he got, he got kidnapped or not kidnapped, but he got, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, came back and got them. And he, you know, it's the whole Sean, you, you know, have you ever read the writings of Sean? You, mm-hmm. you know, or, and, and uh, you know, even at the end he goes, you want to see my true self, you know, you ready right. to see my true <laughs> self. Like, well, even in that, uh, Zoe has the choice to take, one or the other. Right. And, and Zoe takes wash and, yeah. you know, and, and everyone's like, well, of course she's going to take wash. Wash is her husband, but that wasn't the whole reason. The whole no, reason she was took wash because she knew Malcolm could handle it. That's yep. right. And she knew wash couldn't, you know, it, it was sure there, there's the husband aspect to it. There's the marriage life, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she knew wash couldn't handle that. And she knew Mal could. Okay. Well, and, and, and wash needed that to happen. Mm-hmm. He, he yeah. needed her to choose him over Mal. That's true too. That is true. Yeah. That was that episode where, uh, wash. Yeah. Where wash is like wanting to kind of prove himself and stuff. He, mm-hmm. he was right. feeling a little bit second to Mal. Yes. Yeah. Right. And that was called war stories, right? War stories. Oh, yes. Yeah. War stories. That's a great episode. It That's was one fantastic. Fantastic. Now, now speaking of the movie though, one of the things that I just could not handle at all. Speaking of wash. Oh, oh. gosh. I am a leaf uh, on the wind. Yes. Yes. I'm a leaf on the wind. And then, oh. Yes. Right in the oh. chest. Oh. Now, I have heard, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I have heard things that Joss Whedon likes to kill off characters like that. He does. Yeah. He does. And the, 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 the bad part about it. The second that happens in the film, that tells every single fan there's not going to be any more. We're right. done. We're not coming back. Yeah. Right. Right. You know what so, also it did for me was like, there's no guarantee anybody else is getting out of this by no. the end. No. That's true. That's true. But I mean, it put stakes into the film for me that I, uh, who knows who's going to make it out. Yeah, well, we, I, right until the last 15 minutes, you thought everybody was going to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I love I love when Zoe, when she's asked, you know, where's, you know, where's Wash? Where's Wash? Wash isn't coming. Wash isn't coming. She couldn't even say it. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She couldn't say it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. And I loved it how, how Mal was like, are you with us? <laughs> you know, asking Zoe, are you with us? Yep. To the yeah. deed, sir. Yep. Yep. Listen to us quote it. See, it's another quotable, <laughs> you know, thing. Uh, we talk about part one. There's all kinds of fun quotable lines and stuff. And, and we could do a whole episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that's what we talked about. That what's, What makes these so powerful and so good is the writing and, yep. and, and, and the lines that the characters have that on paper might seem so small, but tells volumes. Well, and, and it, it, the way they speak, man, look, I grew up around old rodeo cowboys coming up 
they talk like Mal or Mal talks like them. Right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, and, and I mean, like, exactly. Some of the things that he says, it's like, oh, my God. You know, I've heard that come out of Jim Shoulder's mouth. <laughs> I'm aiming to misbehave. Yes. Well, my my favorite line is 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 Jane's. She is starting to damage my calm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> starting to damage my calm. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a great one. That's Got a, a couple of clips one. in my swinging kind. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few times they say things, and I go, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I got to rewind that because I didn't catch that." <laughs> What the heck did that yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I was pretty upset that Wash got it Me too. Uh, in the end. I, I, you know, or when they, you know, landed because I loved it because it was this whole thing. Is he had his moment? He was flying through all the wreckage, and he, you know, he's like, "I'm a, I'm a leaf on the wind," and he's like, "I'm a leaf on the wind," you know. And then they, they I finally land, it, you know, and. <laughs> land <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, just, just controlled crash is right what they right. Did. <laughs> you're right controlled well crash. you know you know in the flight world they say any crash that you can walk away from is is a good or any landing that you can walk away from is a good landing so oh uh, and washed it and walk away that's true oh. but the rest of them did the rest of them did <laughs> thanks for pointing that out <laughs> yeah uh, the trauma the trauma and uh so I, we went into the the whole finale scene <clears throat> of the film, not knowing who is who is going to live or die. And the big standoff at the end with everybody, you know, Mal's dealing with the operative, but the rest of the crew is there in a you know uh, shooting fish in a barrel situation, mm-hmm. and they're there trying to hold the line, and everybody's getting hurt. You know, everybody's right. getting hit, and but they finally pay off. The whole, you know, with Kaylee and Simon, you know, the whole thing about to hell with this. I want to live. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Where they sit there, there's, you know, he's sitting there saying, you know, he's being honest. He goes, I always felt like I had to give up all my own stuff to take care of my sister. And the one regret I had is not being with you. You mean, so funny. She, you, you mean, mean like sex? sex? <laughs> like sex. To hell with this. I want to live. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It great. seems like everybody's starting to go down. You know, everybody's getting hurt. You're know, like, oh, no. And then we, th- we think River is sacrificing herself. She's not. Right. No. No. no she's she like, wasn't. okay, I'm, I'm, I'm opening. I am opening this seal now. Oh my gosh! It, it just that's that scene when they open the doors and she's just standing there. Oh yeah, gore! Oh my god! And holding like the, the axe and something. Yes, yeah. yeah, that was a great scene. I love that scene. Now yeah. I got to ask you guys. So when Mal is trying to deliver the message, and he's having to go over that catwalk and all that stuff, I don't know about you guys, but the first thing I thought of was Galaxy's Edge. I mean, not Galaxy, uh, Galaxy Quest. Oh, yes, well, yes, Galaxy yes. Galaxy Quest. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is a yeah. badly written episode. Right, exactly. <laughs> Who puts something like that in there? Why is this here? <laughs> but, yeah, and I, you know, you see the fans underneath, and that's that's all I could think of is, yeah. is that scene in Galaxy's Quest. <laughs> but yeah. Galaxy Quest was great. Yes, oh, it that's was. Another, that's another discussion. Oh, my goodness, what a great movie. Yeah, because they're making a sequel to that. 
What? No way. Yes. Yes, they Yeah. Are. I don't know how they're going to do it without Alan Rickman, but. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I loved Alan Rickman in that movie. It's in great. Fa- in Alan fact, Rickman's great in everything he's in. Oh, yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, but Grapthar's hammer. But when, when he passed away, I had posted a picture of, of him as that character, and I put the line up there, you know, Stephen just said it, and everything. And I have a I have a friend, he's like, really? Of all of Alan Rickman's work, that's what you put up? I go, Absolutely. that's my favorite. Absolutely. I love it. Yep. It's fabulous, fabulous. Okay, so yeah, so the uh, big fight scene, the operative getting the message out. Um. And then we see the operative again at the very, very end. And yeah. they're like on talking terms. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Well, like, because, because the operative is done. He's no longer an operative. He's of no use whatsoever. His yeah. chase is over. His quarry is found. Yep. And in the he new failed. society, yes, in the new society that they have formed because of this message going out, he has no place. Yeah, and you get this sense that he wants the closure between him and Mal, but Mal's he, he like respects him. He respects him, right? But Mal, Mal's like, look, I come across you again, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I see you coming. Yeah, yeah. He says, "You'll never see me again." Yep. Yeah, I love. I do that. enjoy the. I do enjoy one of the things that Malcolm has about him as a character, and we see it in the series and even in the, in the movie, is his. Honor among warriors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the in the the Heart of Gold episode, Hearts of Gold episode, it was he wanted to go see who the bad guy was. He wanted to meet him face to face. Right. You mm-hmm. know, measure him up. Um, the discussions that he has afterwards, even with his friend in the message, where his old war buddy and how even though you, how things turn out at the end of that and he has to shoot him, but yet he still there's still that reverence there, and they still take his body to his parents, and, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. um, there's a sense of honor about him as captain, and that just made his character just phenomenal. Sure, and um, well, and Zig, you had said something in the part one. What was it about characters and plot? What was that? Uh, well, okay, so there's there's two ideas um, that that characters are in service to the plot. But in this case, it's the opposite. It's that plot is in service to the character arc. Right. So, I mean, you, you, can, you, you can't go both ways. You got to go one way or the other. Right. But mm-hmm. in this case, I, th- I think that was the best way to go, is that, that, that the plot itself is secondary to, to the, the characters. characters. Sure. To the characters sure. themselves. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think that shows in just the way we discussed how we have attachments to a lot of these characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Shepard book is one of my favorite characters in it. I yep. love him, yep. you know, and I love Mal too. I, and, and I love their back and forth between the two of them um, and their different philosophies and everything. I, I mm-hmm. enjoy that. So. But a great deal of respect. Yeah. Between exactly. The between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's not any one character that I just did not enjoy out of yeah. all of them. I, I was rip Ron glass. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, now I'll admit, I remember watching it originally, and at first I hated Simon. I I couldn't stand him. Mm -hmm. I I thought he was prissy, and I just I didn't like him. But as the season goes along, I become more attached to him. Um, And and that's the thing you're you're meant to not like him. 
Yeah, yeah you're right. And that, and that's the sign of a good actor right there. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll tail off into something completely different. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> don't worry. We rabbit trail all the time on our show. <laughs> Fal- I love you, baby. Falcon and the winter soldier. You are meant to hate the new captain America mm-hmm. and you're meant to hate that character. So that actor did their job and it's the same thing with uh with simon tam you are meant to hate that character from the beginning yeah. and then grow an attachment to it well that's just like when when my wife and i are watching something and there is like a totally despicable bad guy and she's always like i hate that guy and i go you're supposed to that's mm-hmm. that's the point <laughs> that is the point no i really well, hate him you no. are supposed to really yeah. hate him that's you know, he's doing good and a, and a good actor also has to come up from the idea. No one is a bad guy in their own story. No. Right. You know? Right. You know, and, and yeah, yeah. They're always trying to do either right by themselves or right by their people. They just happen to be cast the wrong way, uh, which is why I love Cobra Kai. I love Cobra Kai because it takes that idea and goes, yeah, no, no, Johnny's the hero in his story. Yes. Just yes. like. Yeah, I love how they covered that. That yeah. you see it from they John, made it Johnny's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, greatness. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Stephen, we can't get too much into Cobra Kai because we're doing an episode next week on Cobra Kai. Oh, right. sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> no, but that's great. That's great. I agree. I agree. I, I, I just l- watched Part Three, uh, Karate Kid Part Three, yesterday, so I could get some more background on Terry Silver. Nice. Yeah, because I'm not done with season four yet. So okay. Oh, oh no spoilers. Yeah. Okay. Did you yeah, believe they killed that guy off? No, <laughs> killed him off. I'm just kidding. Wait, I, Mr. Miyagi's I, dead? What? <laughs> I can't believe they killed Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh my goodness. Well. Um, as a whole, Serenity, I thought was a great follow-up. Um, how did you guys feel about Serenity as, as kind of a capstone to, to kind of complete the, the, what we did not get from the, or what was still missing from the Firefly TV series? I wanted, I wanted more. Yes. But, yeah. but yeah. I think, I think you were supposed to leave with that feeling. So I think they did their job. Yeah. I think the only thing I really could have used more of is just more of uh, Shepard's story. And I agree with that. Yeah. Explaining better of who he is. I would love to have gotten that. But other than that, I thought it was great closure for the movie, for the series. Um, mm-hmm. And I hated the fact that they killed Wash and they killed Shepard. You know, mm-hmm. those two. It was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, that just, that, that, I felt like I got that. <laughs> That beam through my chest, right. just like uh, Wash did. So, yeah, yeah. because that, like I said, that told us this is the end. This is yeah. the end of the story. You're not getting any more of this story arc, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mister oh. Universe, they killed Mister Universe too, right? Oh, they I love Mr. that character. Universe. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right, Mal. They shot me, Mal. Or <laughs> they killed me. They killed me, Mal. They with a sword. Me, with a sword. With a sword. Yeah. <laughs> How weird is that? Right. <laughs> and it was it was the the female talking. So oh, yeah, it was his robot. The, right. The fembot. Robot. fembot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it how we're geeking out about just all the details and the quotes and stuff. That's great. <laughs> Dude, he married her. It's you know, he stepped on the glass and everything. I did, I know, right? 
a great Jewish ceremony the whole bit. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, Hey, I wanted to kind of wrap things up. Anybody else have anything else? Cause I really want to get into the murdery part too. Um, right. And everything. So any other last comments about firefly, I'm excuse me, serenity, the movie. Well, I'll say, I'm going to go ahead and say Zig's lines here. Dear listeners, if you have not watched firefly TV series or the movie serenity, go out and watch them all. Definitely. Yes. Right. Yes. Definitely. Yep. And they are worth buying. They are oh, worth yes, buying. Are. Absolutely. Uh, they, yeah. The best resolution you can get, this, they're worth it. Every penny. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. And, uh, all right. All right. Well, let's turn things over to uh, Jeffrey. Zig and Jeffrey. And Jeffrey is going to be telling the, the murder <coughs> part two. Um, and, uh, and I'll let you do the disclaimer, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> uh, take a quick break and then we'll come back to that. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. So we will step over to the murdery side of the house. (laughs) So it just, uh, just two things. If you have not listened to the first part of this show on murder and murder, you should go right now and listen as you will be very confused. Yes. Pause. Go listen, listen, come come back. back. Because if you don't, you're going to be very confused. This is the second part of our story and you'll need the full, full story to this point. Um, right. and the disclaimer, can, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's coming up. I <laughs> uh, do want to say that you can get my sources for this episode on our website or by listening to part one of the podcast, nerdery and murdery, just a shameless plug. Um, and now here's the, <laughs> and here's the forewarning. This story does deal with horrific acts of child molestation and rape. This is not an easy story to tell, and it may not be easy for our listeners. So once again, I wanted to give a forewarning for anyone heads in this story. Some parts of the story may be too graphic for some people. So if you have young children or anything like that, you've got about three seconds to walk away. And three, two, one. All right. Andrew, you're still if here. you're listening, you need to stop listening now. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that's one kid I know. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so we, we do have a couple young listeners. <laughs> well, if you're still with us, here we go. Welcome. Uh, wanted to give a quick recap of our story that takes place mostly in Oakland County, Michigan, uh, which contains Detroit, most of its suburbs. Uh, four children were abducted, kept for days, and their bodies dumped in the snow after being bathed, clothed, and well-fed. North of this, on North Fox Island, which is a private island in Lake Michigan, a boys' camp has been busted where a child pornography and molestation ring was discovered just four months later. Two were arrested and one fled the country, and many other pedophiles scattered throughout Michigan. Are these two unrelated events or the same people involved with both? Hence the conspiracy. So this case actually went cold for 30 years until a new task force was organized in uh, 2005 and new clues emerged. Uh, We have Detective Corey Williams, who was investigating clues into Chris Bush, who we talked about in episode one, who was a real good suspect back in the day. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, Bush allegedly confessed to the murder of Timothy King during attorney-client protected pre-polygraph. And Bush was also a client of Francis Sheldon, who owned North Fox Island and fled the country just prior to it being raided. Uh, Back in the day, Bush worked with an accomplished 26-year-old Greg Green, who was also a pedophile and serial rapist. Uh, He had been arrested many times in Orange County, California. 
Uh, he once molested a boy by taking him in the bushes along the freeway and nearly choked him to death. He thought he had killed him. So he put him back into the back of his car, drove to an area hospital and authorities at the hospital found the boy lying in the grass when he was alive. And he was able to identify Greg green. Whoa. In 1975, Green came to Michigan, where he met, met up with Chris Bush, and they became a team. They both ended up being convicted of multiple counts of child molestation. Green, in order to get lesser charges on himself and potentially avoid being looked at as the Oakland County uh, child killer, he turned on Chris Bush. And this becomes tip number 369 in the Oakland child killings case. This was the tip where Green said Bush killed Mark Stebbins who was the first victim at the time of the arrest, three children had been abducted and murdered at the hands of the Oakland County child killer. Uh, the police asked green where he picked up boys in the past. And he said, one boy I picked up in Ferndale. Um, and then one in the Woodward area, one boy I picked up at 12 in Greenfield and took him to the Seven Eleven in Hartfield. The third subject he picked up between 12 and 13 mile off Woodard. These were all three abduction locations for the three murdered mm -hmm. children. At this point of this confession, Timothy King is still very much alive. Well, uh, Lauren Doan, who was the first detective on the case, said they put a lot of time into the case and felt they had the Oakland County child killer. Uh, the task force was excited, and even the assistant prosecutor for Oakland County flew up to Flint, where Green and Bush were going to be polygraphed. Bush then passed his polygraph saying he wasn't the killer and didn't know anything about the case. And this was before DNA testing and polygraphs were used by investigators to clear subjects based solely on these tests. Uh, and green also passed his polygraph. Do you uh, think they taught each other how to pass polygraphs or are they just stone cold? They just sociopaths can do it. Uh, yeah. Sociopaths can easily do it because yeah. they're not, they're not, they're, they don't have any stress when they're telling their story. Right. Mm -hmm. And they fully believe what they're telling. Wow. Um, Green was the one who couldn't make bail on his charges and he got jailed. He got life in prison for his charges while Bush posted bond and walked free. Remember, he was the one who was from the wealthy GM family. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. That ruled, that ruled uh, Detroit for a while. Yep. All Bush got was a small fine of $1,000 and probation for the same charges as Green. Oh, my and gosh. One, and one week later, Timothy King went missing. <gasps> so, so why was Bush given such a light sentence as compared to Green? Again, I'm going to go back to his family. His right. father was, a GM, was, the, was GM's top financial comptroller for both Europe and Asia. And at the time, GM owned Detroit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, GM was even a higher power than the mayor or governor. Wow. So, and then it was discovered in 2010 that Chris Bush was a client subscriber of the wealthy philanthropist, uh, philanthropist Francis Sheldon, who owned North Fox Island and its boys camp for troubled teens, which was really just a haven for pedophiles to green and Bush, uh, excuse me for pedophiles and child pornography. Um, Detective Williams then began looking closer at the polygraphs given to Green and Bush, and they ended up taking the charts to an independent uh, polygrapher who couldn't believe that either of them passed. He said that Green was a flat-out failure and that Bush was too, but it could have seemed inconclusive because he was deceptive on the relevant questions. 
So the oh. family, yeah. The families of the four murdered children began demanding answers from the police. They wanted to know how this guy passed his polygraph and why he was let go in the first place. But Michigan State Police claim they don't talk to victims' families because it can compromise the integrity in the investigation. The families were basically being told to shut up, and they didn't. They went to the media. Right on. Of course they did. I would have. The media ran with the story and began doing their own investigations. Now, is this in 2010? Um, this was in 2005, 2005 okay. to 2010. Okay. When okay. they decided to go to the media. Okay. Um, they did find out that, no problem, that Green's home where he lived with his parents was apparently fully searched, but the information didn't make it into the original file. In 1978, Green committed suicide in his bedroom by gunshot wound from a rifle. He had apparently and and he had apparently had a blood alcohol level of 0.41. But he used his toe. Well, Detective Williams didn't even know how someone could function with that level of alcohol in their system, much less fire a rifle and put a shot right between his eyes. Wow. Uh, no. Uh, no. I'm sorry. I, that, I don't mean to get into North Texas. Uh, colloquialism but no huh <laughs> that dog won't hunt that dog sir. won't hunt <laughs> <laughs> well and there was no complete report of the autopsy given to police it was simply a cover sheet with the date time and cause of death um detective williams did see photographs of the crime scene and this is these are photographs i'm going to have on the site that are a little graphic but i really want everybody to see this because you're going to see in the crime scene uh, photos, there is no contact wound against the skin where there should be from the barrel of a gun being held against the skin. Most people who commit suicide by rifle or shotgun put the weapon under their chin or in their mouth, not on the top of their head. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, Detective Williams also felt that the crime scene looked staged, but since they were going by a 30-year-old Polaroid yeah. photographs, they weren't 100% sure. Um, Hold on a second. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling me that this dude with a rifle, and this one's kind of (laughs) short. That's right. Right between the eyes. No, no. Right between the eyes. Like this. Yep. Could you lean over if you had it sitting on the floor and you've got it on your head? Like that? Maybe. I don't know. Between the eyes, I think, sends a message. But but it's not against his head, so he would have had to hold it like this. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. He would have had some kind of. Even if you did, I think you're right. You you, I I mean, I'm not, I'm not a pathologist guy, but I mean, yeah, right. if you would have some kind of wound from the barrel itself right. if you're leaning up against it, right? Yeah. The other thing, and you're gonna snap back. Mm-hmm. You're not well, even 100 percent sure you're gonna get it. That's that's the other thing that I want people to notice on the crime scene photos is the lack of blood splatter. So you figure if this person did this, you figure honestly that their brains and skull and blood are going to be plastered against the wall. You're not going to see that in the photographs. Hmm. Okay. So it's, it's very odd. Okay. So he was too drunk to really to do, to function, to do anything, but yet mm-hmm. somehow he killed himself. Now, I, I, I am aware that some people try to do liquid courage to try to commit suicide, right on, right on. you know, and it's sad tales on that, but here's an instance where he was super over 
drunk is what we're saying. I have two words, Jeffrey Epstein. So I, I, I agree with that. And I think I, I may talk about this later. I think that Epstein and this case are very related. Okay. You think they're related or you think yes. they're, they're close? I think they're related. Ooh, interesting. Ooh. Pedophile ring. Yeah. Yeah, a pe- well, exactly. A, a pedophile ring. I think these are very closely related. Wow. There were very powerful people involved in this, and this thing just kind of went away. The English royal family. Ooh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Another th- mob. <clears throat> Another thing from the crime scene, they did find four shell casings in the room. Four, which means four shots. Uh-huh. Yeah, how could he shoot more than once? Well, and let's get even further. Bush was found neatly wrapped under the bed covers. Now, was he freshly bathed and did he did <laughs> he, he was have not. a bed? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not I just had I'm to throw of. that in from ep- episode 1. Not but it was I'm ruled a suicide. It was ruled a suicide. Wow. Um, in his closet, they did find piles of ropes that had blood on them. Three of the four children had been bound by ropes while being held. Right. Um, and in the crime scene photos, there's also a hand drawing of on the wall of a boy. And to the task force from the clothing and face in the picture, it appears to be Mark Stebbins, who was, again, our first victim. Wow. Uh, The drawings, the rope, the rifle, uh, and other items were all confiscated by the task force and sent to the state lab for analysis. Oddly, though, they didn't wait for the results, and 24 hours later, they ruled the death a suicide. Two days later, the report comes in and goes straight into the evidence files where it was not seen again for decades. The report did show there was no gunshot residue on Green's fingers. And there's also no mention, again, of blood splatter, brain tissue, or bone matter on the gun. Um, and this is where I'm, I'm referencing the pictures on the site. It's extremely odd. There is no blood splatter. Wow. So he wasn't killed there? Maybe, possibly. The whole thing looks staged, and Detective Williams believes that, too. He thinks it was staged. Damn. Uh, well, Bush if had- he doesn't, I don't think he should be a detective. I'm just saying Right, right. Uh, There was no suicide note left, and Bush had actually told people four days prior to his death that he was starting a new job, and he was very excited for the opportunity. 25 days later, the first Oakland County Child Killer Task Force was shut down, and the case fades into obscurity. Christopher Bush was dead and is no longer considered a suspect. So... If Bush Dude, didn't just smells cover up all over. Oh it. yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the oh, thing. Gosh. If he didn't commit suicide, who murdered him? Yeah. It, is it possibly committed suicide because he thought the police were closing in on him or did possibly people from the child pornography ring kill him to mm-hmm. shut him up? Um, with the number of wealthy and influential, influential people involved in this ring, they might've thought he was weak and would talk. And so maybe they eliminated him. Yep. Get rid of the link, weak link. Uh, well, I have a side note here. This rings an awful lot like the Epstein suicide. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it does sound a lot like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Regardless, though, whether it was suicide or murder, there were no more Oakland County child killings after Bush's death. Hmm. Huh. 
in 2009, Detective Williams uh, decided to use DNA technology to match the one identified hair that was found on the blouse of the third victim, Christine Mihalik. However, the hair is not a match to Christopher Bush. It actually matched someone Bush was convicted of molesting, James Vincent Gunnels of Kalamazoo, Michigan. So Gunnels was a little bit older than the boys Green and Bush molested and actually continued hanging out with them until he was about 16 or 17. The hair that was found was mitochondrial DNA, which is which means it's either a match to Gunnels or a relative on his mother's side. On his mother's side. Yeah, they, they talked a lot about mitochondrial DNA in the, in the documentary. Yeah, that all comes from the female. Yep. But um, be- go ahead. Okay, so this is making, I'm sorry, I hate to stop you, but this is making me think of the Dean Coral case, where Dean Coral had two young fellas that, that he co-opted mm-hmm. into helping him, even though yeah. he was abusing them as well. Right. Could this be a case like that? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, there's no reason to think that it might not. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think I think there were lots of people involved on it. There were lots of people that brought children to Green and Bush. You know, we've got several witnesses that have said that. Um, Gunnels actually today still sits in prison for property and drug crimes, but he's never been charged with any criminal sexual case. The task force, however, believe, believe he may have been part of a group involved in the child killings to lure kids closer to the killer or killers. Uh, Gunnels was interviewed in prison by police and they told him about the match hair and said all they wanted to know was anything he knew about the killings. They told him they were not going to prosecute him for anything and they just wanted information. They just wanted to know what happened with Bush and Green in relationship to the Oakland County child killings. Gunnels simply said he had been in Bush's car a million times and that was probably how his hair got on Christine. Gunnels then agreed to a polygraph, and they had three questions they were focusing on. Did you participate anyway in the killing of Christine Mihalik? Do you know for sure who killed Christine Mihalik? And do you have any, did you have any physical contact with Christine Mihalik? Gunnels then threw his polygraph and later even admitted he intentionally threw the polygraph, even though he was told if he passed that he would be cleared and paroled. Um, on t- July He's scared of something he is absolutely. Mm-hmm. And on July 29th, 2009, he took a second polygraph, which he failed completely all aspects of the examination to this day. He continues to deny any knowledge or any involvement in the murders. And he's never been charged with anything related to the killings. Wow. Um, there is additional physical evidence that was to be tested for DNA to see if any new information could be obtained. Uh, they found a they found a hair on Mark Stebbins' jacket and two hairs uh, from the body of Timothy King, one in his navel cavity and one in his groin. And the reason police were most interested in the one found on Timothy was because he was prepubescent at the time, and the medical examiner mo- uh, said that most likely this would be a suspect's hair. Um, the results came back, and the hairs found on Mark and Timothy share the same partial DNA, meaning they're likely from the same person. And this was the first actual evidence that the kids were linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police also discovered some of the evidence labeled as debris was not debris at all. They were human hairs that were found. Uh, all this evidence was presented to forensic scientists in 2007, and it took two long, agonizing years to analyze and give a result. 
The hairs matched convicted pedophile Art Sloan, who, if you remember, was a suspect way back in 76, almost immediately after Mark Stebbins was found. So Arch had a mobile trailer that he parked in the middle of uh, the abandoned Packard plant where he would lure and molest children. Sloan's vehicle was processed back in 76, but at the time, no physical evidence could be tied um, to, to him or the, or, or the kids, but evidence was collected. The hairs uh, match hairs that were found on the first and the fourth victim, Mark Stebbins and Timothy King. And this was something that police had theorized for a while, that it was very possibly <clears throat> an authority figure that was luring the children away because they were doing this in broad daylight. And Sloan had worked on a volunteer as a volunteer firefighter, which gave him a badge. Oh. So the DNA that was collected on these, again, were mitochondrial DNA. And when a full-blown nuclear DNA test is run, it turns out that the hair is not Sloan's after all and belongs to someone who was a passenger in his car. But police decided to interview Sloan anyway. He was currently serving a life sentence for the molestation of a 10-year-old boy. And after three hours of interviewing him, they had nothing. So they gave him a polygraph, which he failed. However, Mark Sloan would not confess to anything at all. So with months that eventually led to nothing, in July 2012, Oakland County Prosecutor Jessica Cooper decides to turn to the public for help in identifying the person who might have been associated with Arch Sloan. She releases to the public that the hairs found were not Arch Sloan's, but someone associated with him, which infuriated the task force because any leverage they had on Sloan was now gone. Yeah. Arr. Yeah. <clears throat> the games people play. Yep. For the next three to four years, Detective Williams researched into every person that ever came in contact with Arch Sloan, and they even offered Sloan immunity if he could give them any information that led to whomever committed the crimes and offered to put him in any federal prison and put him in as a check fraud versus homicide or child molester, and Sloan still refused to take the deal. He's scared? Do you think he's scared? I think he is. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's bigger people at play, a bigger thing. Now, he, now when she said Jeffrey Epstein, you know, Mike and Jeff, I'm like, ah, this mm -hmm. is a big, bigger yep. people are at play. Wow. <clears throat> well, Sloan was told that they found DNA on his car, but he said at the time he didn't even own the car. He had sold it to the son of a state police lieutenant. And there was DNA found on Christine Mihalik's body that matched to the police lieutenant's son. But again, it was a maternal match, so it didn't match 100%. But for some reason, they excluded this person from their list of suspects. Again, part of the conspiracy. Wow. Uh, one man was tracked down in the documentary that was allegedly a witness to Christine Mihalik's abduction. He remained unidentified, but he said he saw Christine get into a car with a police officer at the 7-Eleven was never seen again. Uh -huh. Oh, was it a uh, statey? Um, they didn't say if it was a state police car or not. Okay. Um, the man in the documentary would only go by the pseudonym Sebastian. Um, he said he saw Christine come out of the 7-Eleven and get into the passenger seat of a car. She was followed by a man in a police uniform, but they did not get into a police car. He said that he called the tip line, but was chastised for saying it was a police officer. And then he told a teacher a few months later who thought he was making it up. 
after Timothy King was found dead, Sebastian said police came to interview him at the school, and he said they tormented him for 15 minutes. He said that they pushed his head into a desk telling him, you didn't see him, he couldn't have been there. He was told that his mother was going to jail and his brothers were all going to be split up and go to orphanages unless he just went home and forgot everything he saw. Oh. oh. Detective, Detective Williams, however, says there's holes in the story. He said the clerk who was in the 7-Eleven at the time of Christine's abduction never said anything about a police officer being in the store. And also another witness said they saw Christine walking home from foot on the 7-Eleven. So who knows? Yeah. Um, there's even been theories grasping at straws saying that this was the case of Wiccan ceremonies and devil worshipers. At one point, John Wayne Gacy was considered a suspect. Somebody said he was in Michigan at the time of the murders, but that theory got ruled out. (laughs) Wow. Um, there have been many mistakes in this case, as well as including all the time spent looking for a blue gremlin when at one of the crime scenes, there were impressions in the snow where Christine was found that were not from a gremlin, but a Pontiac Tempest. Then there was the eyewitness where Joe Those Robinson are such was different cars, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, between the gremlin and the Pontiac. Yeah, right. Definitely. How do you... That- that, yeah. that was the evidence of my cousin Vinny, by the way. It was Pontiac Tempest. Yeah, you're right. It was. Exactly. Yep. track. Sorry. <laughs> now, well, now there was the eyewitness where Jill Robinson was found that said she saw uh, a Pontiac Le Mans, and both the Tempest and the Le Mans looked similar, looked so similar. that could have been the same car. <clears throat> now, I could see that more than I could yeah. comparing it to a Gremlin, because a Gremlin sure. looks... Gremlin looks like no other car. <laughs> that's, right. that's a unique right. car. looks like a Gremlin. Yeah, it's a Way unique different. car. There's also the possibility the lack of experience on the investigators might have been an issue in this case. These were suburbs where they might only have one homicide a year, and suddenly they had four. Um, Greg Green died in prison in 1995 and supposedly gave a sort of confession on his deathbed to his cellmate, who was his lover. And the cellmate said Green told him all about the kids he molested and at one point had even been involved with killing four kids and got away with it. I'm surprised he even survived in prison, period. Oh, yeah. Um, Over the decades, five men are still considered potential suspects in the killings. There was Arch Sloan, Christopher Bush, Gregory Green, Ted Lamborghini, and Vince Gunnels. Uh, Four of those five men are convicted pedophiles. And mostly due to the fact, most likely due to the fact that the children were being, were held for so long before their murder, that there was almost definitely two or more people involved. What is very obvious is that there was a massive child pornography ring going on in Michigan during this time, and they were all tied together, and they featured prominent people in Michigan. Were they responsible for the Oakland child killing, which Oakland County child killings as well? Could more modern DNA testing identify the killer killers like what happened in the Golden State Killer case? Um, and according to Detective Williams, he was in constant contact with the FBI labs, but that's all he could say at this time. He did retire in December 2019, but still serves as a consultant on the case. So we're 45 years down the road from this case. We have no new conclusions today than we did years ago. Um, This case drove, drove me mad. It drove me mad. Every time it seemed the police had something to point at someone, it would turn up false or inconclusive. Mm. Right. Also, the sheer volume of child molestation in and around Detroit were simply unbelievable. How much of it carries on to this day? Did any of it have anything to do with Jeffrey Epstein? You know, 
I, I'm not one to be a conspiracy nut, but I can't help wondering if all of this is connected, starting with the North, North Fox Island boys camp. You know, there, there are several questions. You know, wh- why were two boys and two girls taken? Why were only the boys sexually assaulted? Um, did the blood on the ropes in Chris Bush's closet ever get tested? And last, will this case ever be solved? So the last thing I have on this, if there's anyone who has any information on this case, they should contact investigators at 833-784-9425, as this does remain an open case to this day. And that is my conspiracy story. Wow. Woo, man. I mean, there are some similarities to Jeffrey Epstein with the whole island because Jeffrey had his own island, too. Yep. You know, um, Mm -hmm. now the the only thing I don't see with Jeffrey, I I think his victims are all women or or girls. Um, Correct. I I shouldn't say women. I should say girls, actually. Right. Right. I I don't think he was I don't think he had any boys in his not, not that I know of anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, generally pedophiles, they, they, they have a, a preference. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, boys 8 to 10 or, or girls 13 to right. 15, you know. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, is there they, a connection? They, is there they not? They generally yeah. run in packs. Yes. Right. Well, and that's what happened here in this case, uh, you know, in Michigan, they talked about that, that there were entire rings where when they came to Detroit, they knew where to go. Mm-hmm. They, they had their own series of contact information. And as we talked about in episode one, the National Man Boy Love Association is still going on today. And you can still get contacts through that and, and information on where to go when you go to a town. That is mm-hmm. sick. It's, it's, it's massively sick. I, I, I can't believe it still goes on, but it does. It still goes on to this day. Wow. And I, I know that the feds have been looking at those, those people for at least 30 years. Right. Right. How does that, how does that organization exist? Yeah. You know what I mean? No idea. Oh, it, well, and I'm, I'm sure most of it is relegated to the deep web now. Yeah, probably. You know? which is the the wild wild frontier so mm-hmm. so guys so guys thanks for joining me on that uh thanks for joining me on that ride that, that journey man. thank you well let me you know, let me take the seatbelt off here there we <laughs> right. right holy moly wow. that's incredible there is some correlations there for sure island and island a ring a ring you know yeah powerful people at play yep. you know there's um stuff information disappears or you know stuff just oh no you know you know man oh well man. when you said the suicide and then started describing the suicide i was like yeah this sounds so much like jeffrey epstein it's not oh, yeah. funny you know yeah oh geez it's almost like they had this playbook where they were like well this worked before so we'll do it again right <laughs> kind of a thing right wow well hey thanks for all your work on that yeah um goodness gracious you can now get that out of your head, sir. Yes, that now goes in the virtual <laughs> file basket. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Right. I need to I need to learn to do that. Yeah. Virtual file basket. See you later. Man. Well, oh my goodness. Well, it has been great having you guys on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, Thanks for thank having you. us. Yeah. I've enjoyed our conversations. Um, I've enjoyed the 
banter back and forth a little bit and uh and the storytelling and uh it has been a treat so thank yes. you so much you guys now hey, everybody make sure you check out their podcast nerdery and murdery um it's a podcast website nerdery and murdery.com um, and you'll find the portal to everything um, in there. And that's probably a good place to go, especially to follow up on these murder stories, murder mysteries and and uh, true crime stories. And then um, also our site, twogeeksmike.com, number two, geeks, G-E-E-K-S-M-I-C dot com. I always have this this urge, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. Uh, All right, really we got a little singing on, in on our side of it too. Yeah, <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> All right, any uh, any last comments or funny anecdotes or anything from anybody? Uh, as we said at the end of our episode, uh, and I think we may have said it here, if you haven't, please go watch the Firefly series and mm-hmm. watch the Serenity follow up movie. Yes. Yep, you will not regret it. No. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. So good. You will not regret it. All right. So, uh, Jeff and Zig, you guys want to do your close and then we'll do our close. Zig. I've been Zig with your nerdery. I've been Jeffrey with your murdery. <laughs> and I have been Steven, your coast, along with two geeks and a microphone. And Mike, I will leave it to you to sign us out. All right. And I'm Michael Shanks. And as I always say, over and out. And may the force be with you. Thanks for joining us today on the Two Geeks and a Mic podcast. Tune in next week for more news, reviews, and more. Until then, may the force be with you.